them have uh, tested positive about a week ago, so they're recovering from that. Uh, Amen. George and Michelle, their family, some of them don't feel good. Uh, others, uh, so just pray for the church. God heal us all up. Uh, amen. So I want to preach on the church tonight. You know, what a privilege and an honor it is to have a church. To be able to come into the house of God. Sing about the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament, they had the law. They had the temple uh, that you're obligated to go to a couple times a year and bring a sacrifice. Imagine only be, being able to go to church twice a year. And not only that, they could not even go into the presence of God. Only the high priest once a year, the other priests uh, outside the Holy of Holy, they would sacrifice. But imagine not being able to get into the presence of God. We're so privileged today. Jesus, when he came, he changed everything. The Bible says Jesus fulfilled the law being the perfect sacrifice. The word of God said Jesus died once and for all. And through him, we are saved and have eternal life. Think about that. Jesus changed everything. Because we have a relationship with him. Uh, uh, amen. We can come into the kingdom of God or the presence of God anytime we want. The Bible said Jesus brought the kingdom of God to man. Uh, remember he said if I preach uh, uh, the kingdom of God or the, the word, then the kingdom, the, the kingdom of God is brought close to you. Jesus started the church, which you're a part of. The church is so much different from the Old Testament temple uh, where they can only go on once or twice a year. Think about it. Uh, uh, today, we can go to God all the time, anytime uh, that we want. Uh, Hebrews said, come boldly uh, into the throne of grace and, and ask God to help us in time of need. Uh, we're so privileged today. I mean, we ought to come to church to smile, Thanking God for the privilege of being in His presence. So I'm preaching on the church tonight. If you've got your Bible, Matthew 4, and we go into a lot of scriptures tonight. Matthew 4, be 1. We've got three thoughts tonight. One, that the church is a powerful institution. The church is a powerful institution. It is a world influencer. We influence the world in a couple ways. One is through evangelism. The Bible said, go into all the world. Jesus, Matthew 4, 18. Jesus starts this movement. It said, Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James and Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boats with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, he called them, and immediately they left their boats uh, uh, and their father and followed him. This is the start of the church. Uh, Jesus is the head, the Bible said. He's starting something that we know is going to be powerful, that is powerful even today. Uh, Matthew 16, he commissioned the church uh, uh, to keep this going. He said to them, go into all the world and preach uh, the gospel to every Creature, John 4, uh, 35, world evangelism is some of urgency. So do not say, there's still four months, and then comes harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the field, for they are already white for harvest. So we influence the world through evangelism. Uh, when you simply take the time uh, uh, to witness to somebody that's passing you or 
or somebody uh, that you know throughout the day. Listen, you're influencing the world for Jesus Christ. You know, the church was never meant to be kept uh, or to keep the gospel inside of four walls. Uh, the church was never meant to keep this powerful message uh, in the side of four walls, Luke 3, 3. And he went into all the region around the Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance uh, for the remission of sin. Uh, Jesus got the gospel out. Uh, remember, he's starting this. He's the head of it. Uh, he's showing exactly how to do it. Uh, and evangelism was outside the four walls, Matthew or Mark 16, 20. Uh, this after uh, Jesus had commissioned them, so they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the company of signs, amen. Now, it's nice to have a building to do things in, I agree. But the real work of the church is out there to win, soul winning. You know, much of the church world today has gotten way off course. You know, many Christians in, in uh, many churches... Uh, uh, they haven't witnessed their co-worker, their neighbor, let alone ever go into the street to knock on a door or talk to a complete stranger. They have veered so far away from uh, uh, amen evangelism. The church has turned inward. Uh, its focus is on uh, great sermons. Many uh, pastors, I had a pastor call me several years ago. He used to be in our fellowship. He, uh, he rebelled and so anyway, he called me up. He said, hey, will you, uh, will you uh, go on record as a, uh, you know, what, what is that word? When you know somebody, you give them a word. Yeah. And I go, I go, what's up? He goes, hey, well, he said, I put my resume into this organization. Uh, and they have to, uh, you know, they want good preachers. They want to know that I can preach, know that I can do this. Or that. So the, the, and, uh, you know, but here's the, the, the church world that they've turned inward uh, they want quality preachers. They want professional musicians, uh, uh, ministers, and ministries that, that shine. Uh, and that's, that's the church world today. Two, the church influences the world through preaching. Luke 4, Jesus started his ministry preaching. It said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach uh, the gospel. There's something about preaching. Pastor Mitchell said years ago we were in preaching fellowship. Uh, we're not going to get together for an hour to have a song service. Uh, song service is part of our, our service to get things moving, but uh, the aim is preaching. Mark 138, he continued preaching throughout, the, throughout his ministry, going city to city. He, says he, uh, he said to them, let us go to the next town that I may preach there also. Jesus was a preacher, make no doubt about it. Uh, Mark chapter 3, 14, his disciples, or he discipled his men to preach. It said he appointed 12 uh, that, they might, uh, that, that they might be with him, that he might sit, and he sent them out to preach. So Jesus, uh, these men wasn't just hanging around him. Hey, let's go eat a hamburger, let's just talk. No, uh, Jesus had an aim. Uh, he was building preachers. He was giving them some responsibilities, uh, working some things in them, other things out of them, but his whole goal is to make preachers. His men was there to be a preacher, uh, that he would send them out to preach the gospel. You know, the world isn't going to understand our love for preaching. One, because they're not saved. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved is the power of 
God. When I say I love preaching, uh, I don't expect the world to understand that. When I tell them I love being in church, I love hearing the word, uh, I love listening to sermons on, on tape, uh, I don't expect them to understand that. You know, but preaching has a design. Preaching is designed to get deep down in our hearts uh, and make us feel uncomfortable so we will repent uh, and deal with issues. Preaching isn't just to make us feel nice. Uh, uh, it has a purpose, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit and joint and moral, and is discerner of thought and intent of the heart. Uh, when the preaching goes is going on, uh, somewhere in there, the Spirit of God is trying to get deep down that heart. And especially the preaching on an issue, uh, an issue close to home to you, uh, uh, you're going to feel uncomfortable. I've had people say, I don't like that church because the preaching makes me feel uncomfortable. John 8, 9. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning well, from the oldest to uh, the, the to the last. That was Jesus kind of preaching and people getting convicted. That's what preaching does. You know, Joe Hosting, uh, he is kind of the world's pastor. And he said, I heard him say it personally. He said two words, uh, you will never hear uh, in my sermons. I will never preach on these two things. He said, sin and hell will never be mentioned in my sermons. Now, he has a church of 40,000, but I wonder how many of them are saved. Third, the church influenced the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. After Peter and John were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, they're on their way to prayer, Acts chapter 3. So now Peter and John went up together to the temple, the hour of prayer. It's good to have an hour of prayer in your life. Amen. So they're going to church to pray. Uh, Jesus has already descended. He's already given the commission to go preach the gospel. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, but now, amen, they're going to influence the world through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know the story. Uh, uh, the, the man's laying there crippled. Peter uh, looks at him and eventually prays for him, takes him by the hand, says some words. This man gets powerfully healed. Uh, that's what the church is supposed to do. We're supposed to pray for crippled people. We're supposed to pray uh, for those that desperately need a miracle. Uh, we influence, we demonstrate the gospel in that way. Many of you here today have been healed. Many of you here today have prayed for people who have gotten healed. Matthew 10, 8. Jesus sent disciples out with this message. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, Cast out demon freely you have received, freely give. So the church is an influencer. Uh, we're called to influence the world first. So secondly, the church is a complicated institution. The church is complicated sometimes. The Bible said the church is a body. You know, the human body has nine different sections. The head, the neck, the chest, the abdomen, the pelvis, the back, the hip, the outer extremities. Uh, the body has 206 bones, over 600 muscles, 79 organs, over 3,000 nerves, uh, and trillions of cells. That's complicated. The body is complicated. Uh, this is why doctors specialize. Uh, 
you have heart surgeons, you have brain surgeons, bone doctors, uh, foot doctors, hand doctors, baby doctors. We can go down the list. Uh, 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 to know everything about the human body is impossible for one person. Amen. So we understand this uh, with the human body. Uh, it's going to take a lot of different doctors, a lot of different people, uh, amen, to minister to that one body. How many know the church is a complicated body as well? God has raised up ministers and ministries, though, to meet the needs uh, and to keep the church healthy. Ephesians 4, verse 11, He himself gave some to be apostles, others prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the face. So Jesus looks at his church. Uh, he said, one guy is not going to be able to do that. Uh, it's too big. Jesus said, I'm going to anoint uh, and equip. I'm going to raise up uh, men in the church that can uh, labor in these positions of pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, and on and on. Uh, Jesus puts them in the body. He also gives gifts to uh, men and women in the body. Romans 12. Having gifts differing, differing according to the grace given to us. Uh, he mentions prophecy. He said, have you been given this, uh, the gift of prophecy? Prophesy in proportion to your faith. Or ministry, minister in proportion of your ministry. Uh, he who teaches in teaching, he exhorts in exhortation. Uh, he who gives liberally, he who leads, be diligent. Uh, uh, and goes on and on. But Paul talked about gifts given to the body. So, uh, spiritually, God's looking at the body, the church. Uh, he equips it with ministers, and now he gives gifts to individuals to make the church healthy. So knowing that, let me say this. It's important that every one of us find our calling. You can't just sit in the church for a long time anyway and say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. That's okay for a minute. But listen, after some time, God expects you to find the calling. Uh, and not only that, find the gifting. God gives gifts uh, to men and women. Every person in here is a part of the body, meaning uh, none of your body is dead. Every uh, part of your body is working and doing something. Uh, amen. The church body, uh, we have to do something. We have to labor in calling, labor in gifting, uh, whatever it is. If we want a healthy body, uh, we have to labor in the gift and the calling God's given us. This complicated body called the church works well when everybody is working in their calling and their gifting. Listen, when I look out and I say, hey, that person laboring in their calling, that one's in their gifting, I mean, as a pastor, I'm smiling. Because I know my job's going to be easier, one. And they're going to be happier. Listen, when you find your place, you're coming to church with a smile. You'd be grateful uh, that God would even use you, think about using you. you would be, you're just going to be filled with joy that God would give you something to labor in. You know, truth here, the reason some churches are not healthy is because not everyone is laboring in their calling or in their gifting. Or some are trying to operate outside their calling and their gifting. And that will frustrate you to no end. Let me give you some wisdom tonight. If you can't sing, 
Singing on platforms not your gift. You can't try to force the square peg into a round hole. Uh, that's not your gift. Don't even get up here. And I know people that do that. They want something so bad, uh, they try to force it, and it just doesn't work. If you're a good actor, drama is probably your gift. God doesn't complicate things. Uh, I mean, what you're good at in, in life, uh, God has given you a talent or a gifting. That's what you labor in. But listen, we as a body, as people in the body, we have to find our calling in our place of gifting and give ourselves to it. Yes. You know, the church is complicated because man has complicated it. You know, 1970 or 1969, Pastor Mitchell was driven out of the Foursquare Gospel Church uh, because hippies were coming and getting saved. These were drug addicts, uh, a lot of, many of them homeless. Uh, Pastor Mitchell began to disciple these hippies, uh, and after a while, he began to plant some of them in different cities, uh, and churches began to be established, and churches were being raised up, uh, and the Foursquare Church got upset because of what Pastor Mitchell was doing. You know, while the religious world is looking for degrees and professional musicians, Jesus uses common men. You know, again, the, uh, we're not supposed to be a religious world church. Amen. God has called us to be a church for him. You know, 1 Corinthians 1.26 is very encouraging. So you see your calling brethren, not, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. In other words, uh, when it's all said and done, we have nothing to glory about. <laughs> if I ever preach a good sermon, uh, I, I can't take the credit. I know who I am. The Bible said God has chosen. Uh, 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 we're not the cream of the crop. God didn't look at us and say, man, I got to get them. Before everybody else, get, I got to get in. I got to throw my... My, you know, uh, no, that's not why God picked us. God picked us because uh, many times nobody else would pick us. You know, when, when I got when I got saved, like I, I, most of you, know, I stuttered so bad uh, I couldn't say a sentence without stuttering. Uh, uh, I had surgery on my tongue when I was younger, and all kind. I stuttered horribly, and my pastor told me God can fix that. Amen. And uh, after I was saved a couple weeks, I felt like God called me to preach. Into the world, that's silly. You can't talk right. You're stuttering all the time. How in the world can you preach? I said, I don't know. So I taught my pastor, and he said, hey, uh, uh, let's see what i got to do. And I remember after I saved for a while, he gave me a shot uh, uh, to preach, and God bless that church. <laughs> I preached an eight-minute sermon. I stuttered half of it. Uh, I read my notes wrong. Uh, I was so nervous, and everybody clapped. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew, I knew that wasn't true. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, God gives us this gift. God gives the calling, the gifting. Uh, and if we be faithful to that, God will iron out the wrinkles. But listen, we can't run away from calling and gifting just simply because we don't think we're made. We're made to do it. Or we don't have what we think is going to take. Jesus can add to it. 
Jesus' own disciples were fishermen and tax collectors. In that day, they were the bottom of the barrel. Nobody likes tax collectors, even today. But especially back then, because they knocked on your door and said, hey, you owe us this much, and want paid now. And while you give me that money now, I like that stove over there. I'll take that too. I seen this firsthand in Zambia. Uh, uh, we had a little town center. It was, uh, it was our town center was only like two block by two block. And and what, every November, the tax people come around, and the shop owners uh, uh, they go in there and do their books. And and the the tax guy said, "I want that and that and that." They couldn't say nothing. They would have to give them everything they asked for because if they didn't. Uh, they would scrutinize everything on the books, and everybody cheated on their books, so they'd lose everything. So uh, uh, I seen that. It was horrible. Everybody hated these guys. The fishermen, but Jesus made preachers out of these. Jesus gave them calling, gave them giftings. Uh, and I'm telling you, in time, uh, that's what God does for you and I. We may not have what it takes at first, but when God gives us a calling and gifting, God supplies everything else. You know, our fellowship has not complicated the church. If you want to do something for God, there's room for you. Jesus challenged his men, Luke 9.23. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, if you will deny yourself, take up your cross daily uh, for Jesus, uh, come see me. If you're willing to deny yourself daily, uh, take up your cross daily, come see me. Listen, there's no, uh, there's no, I'm not going to say, hey, do 100 push-ups, 200 set-ups, and maybe. Uh, Jesus said, hey, if you can deny yourself, if you're willing to say no to yourself, because ministry has no time clock. If you're willing to put Jesus first, the kingdom of God first, uh, put yourself in the back burner, and you want to do something for God, come see me. That's what Jesus said. It's that easy. If you're willing to sacrifice your life uh, and put the kingdom of God first, that's what it requires for ministry. You know what blesses the church? What uncomplicates, what uncomplicates things in the church is willing servers. Yes. Ministry that just, or people just want to serve. You don't have to bend their arm. Come on, you know, you don't have to beg them, please, please, please. They're just here to serve. Pastor, what can I do? Where can I be a blessing? Uh, what can I uh, do? And, and they just live like that. They live like that. Uh, uh, Pastor Campbell, I'm blown. He's still like that today. And what's what comes to What can I do for you, Larry? I'm blown away. I mean, here's a guy's got old cut, but he's never lost that. Some people you hide, man. I call you up. Oh, it's Pastor. Don't answer it. Tell your wife, don't answer that phone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But listen, are you a willing server? Can God speak to you? Are you still thrilled? Are you still happy? Are you still uh, excited about God using you? Think about God using you. <laughs> you know who you are. And God would use, move through your flesh, your mind, your life to, to do something in the earth for him. That's a miracle. Jesus came as a willing servant. 
John 10, 15, I lay down my life for the sheep. My Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. God is not going to command you or make you lay it down. But listen, if you lay it down, he have something for you to pick up. If you say, Jesus, I'm willing to lay my, my life down, uh, Jesus will give you something to pick up and run with. Uh, and Jesus is saying, he, we need willing servers in the church. You know, think about Abraham, Genesis 12. God simply says, hey, I've got a plan for you. And he simply just responds to that. Uh, and we know the rest of the story now. Abraham uh, went on to be a great, great man. Uh, destiny unfolded. Moses uh, simply said yes to the will of God. Uh, he surrendered his life. Not easy at all. I mean, what, his ministry is very difficult. Moses probably had the most difficult ministry uh, in the whole word of God. But the Bible said he was the most meek uh, and gentle of all. Uh, he so appreciated that God would even use him. Are you appreciative that God would use you? Don't ever lose that. If you ever lose it, you're in trouble. Look, lastly, the church is a wonderful institution. It's wonderful because who it represents. Listen, we represent Jesus in the kingdom of God. That's why it's important how you carry yourself because you represent Jesus in the kingdom of God. When they look at you at your work, when they look at you in the church, uh, uh, you are representing more than yourself. You're representing Jesus in the kingdom of God. The church is the voice uh, 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 for God and the work of God in the earth. Amen. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are the ambassadors for Christ. Uh, when I was in Africa, I met some ambassadors. Uh, uh, they actually invited, uh, in South Africa, they invited me me and uh a couple of the pastors to a uh, something they were having downtown. The police department was having something downtown. They're trying to curb crime. They wanted us pastors there to pray, but they had some ambassadors there. And I've seen the, the job of an ambassador of these different nations, how they're, they have the power to speak for the whole nation behind them. They have the power to bring a word to that table, uh, and their nation will back their word uh, and bring, bring forth whatever they say. They've been uh, given that command, uh, uh, and that's what Paul said. We're ambassadors, amen. We bring the kingdom of God uh, forward uh, through our preaching, through our witnessing. Uh, all that the Bible says comes with us. That's such a privilege that we can speak and we represent the king of kings uh, here on earth. There's going to be rewards for that. Look at uh, uh, Rome, or Revelation twenty-two, twelve, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work, on the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You know, not only is it a privilege for us, but now we're going to get rewarded for this. <laughs> it just keeps getting better, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, I mean, the, uh, we get to do something for God and now. God says, "I'm going to bless you for doing that." That's double blessing. Amen. You know, ministry gets trying and difficult. Remember who it's for. When it gets trying, remember who it's for. 
Second Corinthians 4, Paul said, we, bit, we are hard-pressed. We don't really know this here in America today. But Paul said we're hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, shut down, always caring about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a heavy ministry, a difficult ministry. But he goes on and said that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. What well, Paul said is it's difficult, but it's worth it. That's what he's saying. Uh, it's difficult, uh, oh, but it's worth it because what we get to, who we get to represent, uh, what we get to uh, show people about Jesus. He said it's worth every hardship. It's worth every difficulty. Uh, we can't ever forget who we're serving and who we're doing it for. You know, ministry is costly. It's trying at times. Sacrifice always. But when you remember who it's for, you smile and say it's all worth it. You know, I've been preaching for a while. I've had some hard years. My wife's had some hard years. We've had some great sacrifices that's been required. But we look back and now we're, there's a smile. We say, you know, it's worth it. Amen. We see the people who got saved. Just think it's worth it. We save the smile. Let me close here. You know, the church is a powerful institution. We're called to influence the world through evangelism, preaching, and the work of the Holy Spirit. Let God work that through you. Church is a complicated institution. We're a body. Always remember that. You know, we're all different parts here. Uh, uh, we're all different moving parts. Uh, as the body has, uh, uh, you know, 300 different muscles, 60 or 79 different organs, uh, you know, it can get complicated. Don't get mad at each other. Don't frustrate each other because we're, you're, you're different. Well, that's, you know, we're different. But listen, do your part. You know, the heart can get upset with the toes, but it do its job. Keep pumping that blood and oxygen, right? Listen, when it gets tough, keep doing your job. And with a smile. Right? Just bow our heads. Every head bow, every eye closed.